Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Well, hello, Jonathan. How are you? I am doing very well this week. It's been a good week. A lot going on here in Nashville, but a a good week nonetheless. A busy week around the SBC. And and we have some big news, Amy. We'll get to it later, but we've got some big (laughs) news that you and I have been sitting on for about six weeks now. Well, it's been it has been kind of a crazy one. Interestingly, e- even as we've been approaching the annual meeting, the last few weeks have been relatively calm and quiet yeah. just in and terms this of week the number. Happened. Yeah, just in terms of the number of stories and then this week uh, just a lot, just a lot of things happening. All right, so let's jump into it. Uh, big news coming out of uh, Pennsylvania. Not not good news either. A uh, church member has been charged in a manslaughter in a shooting that happened at a Southern Baptist church in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and I have to tell you, until you sent this article my way just a short time ago, I didn't even know much about this, so you may have to kind of fill me in. So apparently there was an altercation about um, the, the right to carry a firearm. Uh, and Storms did not appreciate uh, everything, got basically into a fight. It says uh, Braxton punched Storms in the face. Storms shot him twice with a semi-automatic handgun, and uh, he was arraigned on April 28th. And, uh, man, I just – this is not something you expect to see uh, at, you know, in general, uh, you know, an altercation over the right to carry turning into a shooting, but to happen at a, at a church, just hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, so this, this uh, church family is obviously going through a lot and, and everything, so uh, we'll be uh, praying for that. He was arraigned on uh, the 28th this week, so I'm sure that more will be, will be coming. Yeah, and another uh, kind of sad news, uh, kind of starting this week's show on a downer here, uh, two maintenance workers were killed and one was injured in a worker-lady accident last weekend at the Falls Creek Baptist Conference Center up in Davis, Oklahoma. We talked about uh, Falls Creek and all the uh, the work they had done up there. Um, apparently had to do with a chlorine and methane gas in the wastewater plant, and two of those men died. And uh, strangely enough, Amy, a um, good friend of the pod, Kelly King, mm-hmm. was having a a big event last weekend at the same time that this was all going on at Falls Creek. 3, I saw women, that. Yeah. Uh, were I, at that event that she was uh, hosting. That's a big women's event, by the way. It, uh, 3, it is. 3,000 people. And, uh, and this happened right before it started. That's really tough. I saw that and because um, I was kind of tracking some of the stuff, reports uh, on this on social media. And then I also saw about that event happening as well. So I know that was probably a really tough you know, just thing to be dealing with at the same time. Um, but yeah, this is kind of a hard, I mean, I know these are, these are things that as we look out to our family of churches, it's really important for us to note them and, uh, to be really, to be thinking about our brothers and sisters, but it's kind of a hard, hard way to start. It is, uh, very much so. So, uh, moving on to some News from seminaries this week. Southern Seminary hosted an event with Cal Thomas and President Albert Moeller at the seminary this past week on God and politics, really talking about the election. There's, we've kind of stopped talking about the election here on the podcast because it, it kind of went away from our states and it's in different parts of the country and it, it isn't really in the front of the news cycle as much as it was before. But uh, uh, another good event held by uh, Southern Seminary 
if nothing more, check out this this picture. I just love the picture. It looks like they're on the set at CNN or something. I know. I can't believe it. It says it's in Alumni Chapel. So, I mean, it's just really great use of graphics and um, and looks looks like it was a great event. Um, you know, we should note, as you said, we're not thinking about it as much uh, anymore because it's not in our states. Also, I don't know about you, but it's reaching the point where you just have to have a break. You can't turn yeah. on the news and see it, um, see it all. But we should know that, I mean, there still uh, is, is one candidate in the race who is a member of a Southern Baptist church. So that's true. That is true. Yeah. I can't forget that. So, uh, and he, he named a, a vice president nominee this week. He did. Uh, his, his running mate, which is not a normal move. No. And I, I've been trying to see if I can find any time in which a running mate was named uh, before a nomination was secured. And I can't, I can't in any, you know, in, in recent, in recent history or before they've reached the, the point. So this may be sort of a unique thing. I understand the, the strategy behind that, that choice, but it just shows how different 2016 is turning out to be. And different is a is a good word for it. It's yes. it's been quite different. Um, yes. This election cycle has been just one of the strangest I think any of us have ever seen. So it has, but we've had some good, really good thinkers uh, in in our leadership to speak into some of these things, bring a lot of different perspectives, and uh, the, it looks like this event at Southern Seminary uh, was just another thing to add to that. Exactly. All right. Last, last week, we talked about trustee reports from a couple of the seminaries and mentioned that we had one still outstanding and hoped that we would have it this week. And guess what, Amy? There it is. New Orleans Theological Seminary trustees elected a collegiate ministry professor. That was Beth Masters, a former BCM and director of Christian Life and Ministries at Mississippi College, uh, and also approved a $24.3 million budget, elected two faculty members to serve at Level College, and approved a... Um, Certificate program. Yes, uh, that's a, a graduate certificate in counseling, uh, in counseling ministry, actually, and it's a 17-hour certificate, and it is designed to provide ministers some additional training in the field of Christian counseling, uh, which I think in, in recent years, that's that's something that I've read some articles about that, just how uh, ministers in, get into the field, and they, they really wish they had taken more counseling classes, so it's a great opportunity for that. The two professors elected uh, over at Level College were Jeffrey Farmer as an associate professor of church ministry and evangelism and Brooke Osborne uh, to serve as the assistant professor of psychology and counseling. Yes, a few faculty promotions and tenure. Paige Brooks uh, was promoted and uh, Ian Jones and Randy Stone uh, received tenure. Yeah, and one, one interesting note, board elected uh, Dan Wilson, the professor at California Baptist University, to a second term as chairman. The chairman of the board at Lifeway is also a California Baptist University employee, Kent Dacus. Well, that's as, interesting. Uh, is our chairman, our board chairman at Lifeway, and he just came on. He's serving his first term. And Dan Wilson, also a California Baptist. So California Baptist, two uh, board chairmen in the SBC. That's kind of neat. Very nice. Very nice. A lot of good and, things. And in two places not out west either. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a lot of good things uh, going on at California Baptist and uh, people that we, we respect and appreciate out there. So uh, they are continuing to make a contribution. Moving over to NAM, there's a story out on Baptist Press this week talking about the, uh, the assessments and the enhanced screening uh, that NAM is doing for their 
church planters. Uh, and, you know, we've talked a lot about the SIN initiative and mm-hmm. uh, the church planting in the SIN cities around the, the U.S. And uh, there's been a lot of questions um, here and there about, you know, what entails a church planter, what kind of training, what kind of screening is that. Uh, I know Lifeway is working with NAM on, on some of these right. items. Right. And uh, they, there's a story this week in BP. Uh, so if you're interested in that, uh, there's just a, a good story on how uh, NAM is enhancing the screening and the training of their church planners. Yeah, and these are good stories for us to read because then it helps us to understand a lot about the process. We just kind of look out, we hear about little things here and there about what NAM is doing, but uh, this gives a real window into the work that they do. And uh, we're planting a lot of churches, and they're taking uh, this this part of the process uh, very seriously. So uh, well worth reading over that. Yeah, and it really, it, it boils down to a two-day church planning assessment retreat mm-hmm. with the church planner and his wife. Those begin even before they arrive on site with a series of uh, pre-assessments online. That's that's I think that's where Lifeway is helping jump in. We've got a an online tool for assessments and, and different things. So our, our good friend Lizette Beard is is involved. I know a lot in the assessments. The, the church planner candidate assessment tool is an excellent excellent tool. I've seen uh, some of that in action. So. That's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears uh, from Lizette on that. I know she spent a lot of time on that over the last few years uh, yes. getting that ready. So, All yes. right, moving on to our favorite uh, destination in the middle of Kentucky that we've talked about several times here, the Ark Encounter. Um, big news this week, a couple of items. Uh, actually, two news items from the Ark Encounter this week. And not an official Baptist thing, but something that we've talked about quite a few times here on the podcast and something that quite a few Baptists will visit, uh, including maybe you and me. Um, we're still waiting on that that invitation to the groundbreaking, right, or the the opening ceremony. <laughs> uh, but uh, eighteen point two five million dollar tax incentive, or up to eighteen point two five million dollars in tax incentives, have been awarded by the Kentucky Tourism Authority to the Answers in Genesis uh, group putting on the Ark Encounter. Yeah, that's a that's a big tax incentive. Um, of course, there are a number of different types of reactions uh, to the Ark Museum because another yeah, not story, everybody's happy about this. That's right. Another story has surfaced. Uh, on the other side, and that's that a, um, a group of atheists, they're from uh, Kentucky, Ohio, and Indiana, uh, they have started a campaign um, to purchase billboards that it, the story uh, that Diana Chandler wrote in Baptist Press actually says billboards that are mocking the message of the Ark Encounter. Uh, so they're called the Tri-State Free Thinkers. And they are posting negative billboards near it, which that's that's very interesting to me. I mean, can, let's consider what is typically the purpose of billboards. The purpose of a billboard is to sell you on yeah, something, promote something or to yeah to push you towards something. And this is saying, don't do it. Like, do, which there I have so many questions that kind of I mean, why you would spend all of this money to just say don't go somewhere, but. Uh, but yeah, that's, if they were free thinkers, they would let people think for themselves, right? You just right? say, hey, go for it, do whatever. Yeah, you're I'm a free gonna... thinker, just like we are, but but no. Yeah, so it's this is a very interesting um, tactic, but that's what they're planning to do. So they're going to put these billboards out uh, to try and shut it down and convince people. I have to think that in some ways it's only going to just draw more attention to it. I mean, it's not as if someone who is headed there to visit the yeah. Answers in Genesis Ark Encounter is going to pass the billboard and say, Well, kids, let's turn this bus around. On second thought, maybe yeah. we won't go. That's, I mean, there's just no, no realistic aspect to that. But 
it's an interesting part of the story for sure. So lots and lots of hoopla in um, both directions about this. Uh, so that's that's opening on July 7th. Are you planning to go up there for the opening day, Jonathan? Uh, no. Um, unfortunately, I, I am booked that day. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually leaving on vacation that day, not uh, not headed to Kentucky. So I will be in Chicago that week. So Very nice. I'll, I'll be at a conference in Chicago that week, uh, nice. at a podcasting conference, actually. A big podcasting, national podcasting conference up there in Chicago from the 5th to the 9th. So. Well, that's pretty impressive. I will be on my way to Canada for not a conference, just a vacation. But we'll have right. to we'll have to track uh, Prince what Edward Island, right? That's correct. That's correct. So we'll have to track what's happening in Williamstown, Kentucky, on July seventh. Yeah, we'll both be out of town that week. We'll have to see about the podcast. Um, we may have to turn it over to somebody else that week. Ooh, Lizette, Lizette and Micah can do the podcast. <gasps> that sounds very interesting. Or Lizette and Trevin. How about that? That sounds. Wow, I can't even imagine. Okay, there may not be a to, podcast. July, we're gonna have to uh, let that. We're gonna have to let that sink in. The fourteenth. Okay. Yes, that happens. I know what I could do. So that week is the week of July fourth. So I could just do the thing I do on July fourth and record myself no, reciting not, the Declaration not, of no. Independence. That is not going to happen. And you could so. talk about Alexander Hamilton. Okay, maybe we we have a point here. Okay. We have a point here. All right, moving on. All right, moving on to some new LIFO research. Now, this was fascinating because this is one of those that I think, you know, took it 10 years ago, 20 years mm-hmm. ago, 30 years ago. These would be vastly different numbers. And unfortunately, Amy, I know how you like the uh, the, the cute little graphs. I know. I'm really these, disappointed. These are just kind of plain. These are just kind of plain. But, I mean, the, you know what? What potential there was for some great graphics for this. It could have been like Nicolas Cage or Kirk Cameron's face with like a pie chart. And it's just a bar graph. That's uh, just that I'm disappointed. Well, end times, rapture, and antichrist focus of the new study by Lifeway Research. Which of the following statements best illustrates your views on the antichrist? 49% said, I figure who will arise sometime in the future. I don't know. See, these are always very interesting to me because um, without going into tons of detail in uh, my sort of background, uh, we never, ever, ever talked about the end times. Really? Had yeah. no idea. Yeah, I did not know anything. I went to college and had been uh, had, had attended church uh, my whole life. I went to college. That was the first time I ever heard in a college class about, um, I think it was a, I, I can't remember which, which class it was, but it was a religion elective. And I learned about the rapture. And my professor explained, and all this is the truth. He explained that the rapture, uh, the pre-tribulation rapture, was this understanding that like people would just be gone. And for the last two years or so, I had loved uh, DC Talk had done that remake of Wish We'd All Been Ready. And you had no idea what it meant. And I did not understand it. I just liked the tune. <laughs> and so when it talked about two men walk up a hill, one disappears and one's left standing still, I did not. I, but I just would sing that is it. Fascinating. I was like, this is so cool. And I'm not kidding. I sat in that college class and he explained what this was. And I was like, you're kidding. And then the song made sense to me. Wow. And so then a couple of years later, I read almost all the left behind series i it, i it wasn't i i kind of quit before the last 3 or 4 um 
And that's when I really learned the whole concept. So some of these, I mean, I, even now today, I still, you ask the question and I still feel very uneducated in all of this. I'm fascinated that someone said that even, even 6% would say a figure who already arose sometime in the past. I mean, I can mm. guess who they might've been talking about, but it's kind of interesting that that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and there was another question here, which of the following statements best describes your views on when the biblical rapture will occur. Now, this is the question I think would change. And I think in 10 years, five years from now, I think we'll see a lot different. Yeah. Um, You're mentioning of left behind. I bet, you know, 20 years ago when that was all the rage, this would have been a lot higher. But pre-tribulation rapture, uh, basically the concept that that is espoused in left behind would be 36%. Yeah, I think even in like the 10 years or so before that, because I know from um, when I was reading left behind and then talking to friends who had, uh, I guess there was somebody, Hal Lindsey, is that the name of the mm-hmm. person? There's a lot of movies and stuff. Um, and I, I had one friend that had been around with all of that. So I would say for a big span of time, that number would be a lot higher than 36%. Probably has waned in the recent years. Yeah, I would say so. It's interesting, though, that the next one was not post-trib, but it was the concept of the rapture is not to be taken literally. But I think, to the or the earlier point you made, uh, one little note in this report is that pastors under 45 are least likely to believe in a pre-tribulation rapture yeah. uh, compared to the older cohorts. Those of us who are under um, 45 really didn't have, I know, I mean, I didn't grow up hearing about it at all, but even my peers didn't grow up hearing about it in the same way. You hear about times where there were just series on it and charts and all of that, and and that's just not something that is very familiar to a lot of people in our age range. So, yeah, that's a good point. So, I, the the breakdown of the denominational views and the breakdown of the age views are quite drastic in this uh, question. This is just one of those one of those biblical topics that that varies quite a bit uh, across right. denominations and even across generations. So, right. uh, some really interesting. Uh, information in this. So I highly recommend go check out this. And uh, this was sponsored by Charisma House Book Group. Well, Lifeway Research always does uh, great work and um, very, very strong methodology. So their their data is is always really interesting to, to check out. So but I am disappointed at those graphics. They they could have been pretty fantastic. Well, like I said, you could have like gotten a a face of Nicolas Cage or something. I think Nicolas Cage would have been the best, the best thing. There might've been some, uh, some legal issues with that. So yeah, you know. probably so. So it's probably discretion is a better part of valor. Right. There. right. All right. Big news. Uh, a lot of news coming out of the SBC annual meeting or and related to it this week. Um, so much so that we're going to have to uh, postpone our, our scheduled interview that we had with arts need of Ridgecrest uh, camp and conference center. We're going to run that next week. Uh, but we, we've got a lot to talk about uh, that came out this week that we weren't really expecting. Like you said, it's been a, a slow few weeks, and then all of a sudden... We knew it, it all everything. had to drop. It just all is dropping at the same time. All right, so John Avent has been announced as a nominee for the Pastors Conference presidency. Uh, he is the pastor at First Baptist Concord over in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, he's been there just a few years, I think. It's 2013, he started at uh, First Baptist Concord, and they're planning to launch a second campus, actually, this August. So uh, he's been there just a few years, and uh, he's been pastoring for a while. And um, 
but just been at uh, Concord for about three years now. Yeah. And he is the first nominee for Pastor Conference President. Uh, I think we're expecting some other nominees. Um, there, there have been discussions of of one other possibly coming, so that will be interesting uh, to see if that surfaces. But uh, Dr. Avant, that's a, a, someone who's uh, been known around Southern Baptist circles for a long time and has a real heart for uh, evangelism, has a, a experience at NAM, and seems to be excited about the the. Uh, the potential opportunity to lead the pastor's conference and try to inspire uh, revival in Southern Baptist uh, in 2017. All right. And also last week on the show, we talked about um, how we were asking for uh, vice presidential nominees because, you know, we needed those a little bit ahead of time. Well, ask for it and you shall receive. Here it is. Illinois pastor Doug Munton will be nominated for first vice president of the SBC uh, by John Marshall. I love John Marshall. John Marshall has a great Twitter handle. He does. He does. John Marshall 316 for those. That's right. That's right. He does. John Marshall 316. Um, and uh, he, it, I, I've only been around him once or twice, but I, I think he's just a, a really great Missouri pastor. And uh, so this is, this is great uh, news for him to come out with this. Uh, and Doug Mutton is a pastor in Illinois, but it's actually uh, kind of looks like a suburb of St. Yeah. Louis. So just right, right across over. the inter- or right across the Miss- Mississippi River. Right, uh, and he is a former president of the Illinois Baptist State Association. He also is currently on uh, the committee on committees. Um, so has obviously he's been very involved, and he is the first announced nominee for first vice president. I don't know if we'll see another one or not. Uh, we shall see. Yeah, we'll have to see about that. I, I might try to get him on. Actually, I'm getting him on the show. I emailed him next this week, uh, and he responded. So we're supposed to connect next week at some point. He was actually at Ridgecrest uh, when oh, I emailed him. So nice. All, it's all coming together here. But uh, Yeah. Has he 16, checked out the new coffee shop? I'm sure he has. I don't know. I'll have to ask him about that next week. Uh, but 1,600 people uh, at his church in Illinois, probably, I, I would guess that it's the largest Southern Baptist church in the state of Illinois. Um, there's just not that many big, big churches up in Illinois. So um, Doug Mutton, the first uh, and possibly only nominee for first vice president of the SBC. Another nominee that is almost as expected as the resolution thanking the host city, John Yates will be nominated for his 20th term wow. as recording secretary of the Southern Baptist Convention. That's pretty great. You have to have this constant. And um, John Yates and Jim Wells, like that's who I just... I'm, I'm prepared. And Barry McCarty. Yes, you just you have to see them on the stage. It brings continuity uh, to to all of it. So twenty twentieth term. That's crazy. Yeah, he'll be nominated by Jason Dusing, good friend of the pod. Uh, we'll be doing the nomination for that. Uh, Dusing is a uh, obviously a provost and professor at Midwestern Baptist, where John's son, John yes, Mark, John Mark. is the. Um, it runs the, the college over at Midwestern. So, you know, all these Missouri guys kind of getting together here for this. So that, that should be exciting. Uh, being nominated for your 20th uh, year and your 20th term in your home state. So kind of neat how that worked out. Yes. And uh, it, this also says, just a little note, uh, some people may not even know what the recording secretary does. I mean, it's, that would be me. Yes. Uh, so, and it, and it explains it in this this release, he records the proceedings, so that's kind of like the minutes or, or exactly what's going on. He trains the volunteers 
who you might see around in um, microphones, things like that. And he gives the final edit to the book of reports and um, the SBC annual. Now, an interesting note that it, it says in here, he designed the process that we use of communicating from the convention floor to the platform and then to the committee on order of business. And that that, that process he designed enhanced the accuracy of the official record. So he set something in motion, which is probably, I mean, when we're sitting there and, and hearing, okay, would you bring your motion to the platform? And then that goes to the committee on order of business, making sure that they have everything that's completely um, accurate. And these these are little things, but they're really important. So it looks like that's something that wasn't in place before him, uh, and he did that. So yeah, are he's you, the guy that, that dots the I's and crosses the T's, basically. Right, he makes sure. And this is... The, this is important for two reasons. One, it's important legally, you know, that we yes. that we have all these details down, uh, and for our own accountability uh, for the responsibility we have those two days, and it's important um, for history. You know, we we need our, our historians need to be able to go back and see what happened um, in, in these times because those two days at the Southern Baptist Convention actually exists. Uh, that's that's really important, and what we do needs to be accurately uh, displayed. So he does very, very important work. Are you going to get him on? Haven't really thought about it now. Now you put me under pressure. It's the 20th. It's the yeah, tw- I, I should. It's I the should. 20th. I would love to hear. I'd like to hear about that, designing yeah. that process. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. We, we've got a few weeks left until the, the convention, so I can get him on maybe in middle, middle to end of May. Yes. Maybe. And get him on here and um, hear about that. All right, now, big news of the week. The biggest news, maybe of 2016 so far, (laughs) in the SBC. Named as an assistant parliamentarian, one Amy Carter Whitfield. Yes. That's all we got there? I I don't know what I'm supposed to say. This year, uh, there have been four assistant parliamentarians named to to assist Barry McCarty, who we've had on the podcast recently. Craig Colberth. Yes. Adam Greenway, a good friend of ours, a dean of the Billy Graham School of of Missions, Evangelism, and Ministry at Southern Seminary. John Sullivan, the retired executive director from Florida. And one Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary director of communications, Amy Whitfield. Yes. Who was noted in the post uh, by Dr. Ronnie Floyd, probably and possibly the, the first female to hold this position, at least in the modern history of the SBC. Yes, I don't know if that's correct or not, but that was uh, at least from what he knew. So uh, it, it's going to be a different year for me, and I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great time. I just want to learn. So You won't be able to sit out in the crowd with me and Keith then? No, um, I, it's going to be a really, really different year. I'm going to get to see things from a different perspective, but I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I, uh, I'm very excited to work with Barry McCarty and to learn from him. Uh, I think it's going to be a fascinating two days and, uh, to work alongside the others. I know John Sullivan has done this for quite some time. Uh, so he's kind of a fixture and really knows Adam Greenway. I'm excited to do this with him. He just had a kind of a big milestone this year that I think he reached the highest level of certification uh, nationally in, in the, there are two organizations uh, that uh, you, two professional parliamentarian organizations, and there's a, a long kind of process of certification and he reached the very top level this year. So that's uh, that that's a really exciting thing. Um, and so I'm excited about doing that 
along with him. We have sort of connected over our uh, shared interest in those those uh, things. There aren't a whole lot of us around. Uh, so, and then Craig Colbreth uh, from Florida Baptist Convention as well. So, anyway, it should be fun. Yep. So, congratulations, Amy. Uh, maybe Thank I can have you. you on the podcast to discuss this. Um, um, or did we just do that? Yes, we did. Okay. So, right. moving on. The teller, All right, moving the on. Teller's, uh, teller's committee. committee. Yes. Uh, will be chaired by Brandon Park and A.B. Vines. Uh, Brandon's a pastor in Raytown, Missouri. I've known Brandon for a few years now. I uh, did a website for him a few years ago. So, um, And A.B. Vines, a pastor out in California. I met A.B. last year, a good guy out there in uh, Southern California area doing a lot of great work. So not going to run through the entire list. Uh, there's a lot of tellers. Uh, yeah, why don't, and, why don't you explain what, what does a teller do? Uh, they count. That's correct. Yeah, that's that's usually what tellers do. They count the votes mm-hmm. and and help tally the votes. So yeah, and uh, that's an that's an important job. Mm-hmm. It, is. it is. Somebody's got to count all those. And this year it will be massively important because we we have at least one contested election in the presidency. Uh, yes. We'll see if we have any others. Um, I, has anybody ever run against John Yates? I, as long as I've been watching, he he's he's always been unopposed. Yes, and I've only been uh, going to these for 10 years now. So why don't you get an interview with him, and then you can ask I him. will get an interview with him, yeah. and that'll be a question we'll ask him. So yeah. also announced was the Credentials Committee. Yes. Um, and Amy, what, what do these folks do? Uh, so the Credentials Committee, they actually check people's credentials. They are the ones who really— Appropriately cert- named. Yes, who certify that messengers, uh, individual messengers can— be seated. And that's that's really important because, I mean, there there's a process that you go through in registering your church uh, to seat messengers and then in uh, those messengers being, you know, certified in a certain way. It's, it's a fairly smooth process, but certainly when so many people, you know, questions may arise and you need folks to to kind of rule on things, look at things and make sure. And there have been times in the past years where it's been a bigger deal than others, but that's an important committee to make sure that those messengers, from a legal standpoint, um, from those votes counting, that the ones who are seated are qualified to be messengers of the Southern Baptist Convention. Yep. Uh, again, a long list of names there. Uh, one that did did just just jump out at me, Amy. I'm just going to throw this out there. Walter Strickland. Yes. Yes. Walter is. Um, on faculty here at Southeastern, and um, a good also a church uh, member with you, right? Yes, church member with with us, and uh, he and his uh, family they are good friends of ours. His daughter Kendra is one of my favorite people in all the world. So, all right. uh, but yeah, Walter's going to be sitting on that, and um, several others. So very. Yep, imp- that one is chaired by Jeff Crawford, uh, teaching pastor at the Fayetteville campus of Cross Church in Northwest Arkansas, with Dr. Ronnie Floyd and Chris Johnson, the senior pastor at First Baptist Church Van Buren. Arkansas. All right, finally in the news area, a huge list of associated events was dropped last Friday um, for the annual meeting. We're going to cover m- all of these and well, most of these and in a lot more detail, but we'll, we'll hit them later. Uh, but you can check out that link. Uh, it talks about everything from the Asian American Baptists um, to the Hispanic gatherings to Chinese pastors to uh, what's going on at the SBC Women's Event. Uh, the the guidestone what they'll be doing um, Filipinos to report on church planning progress that'll be interesting to to see yeah. uh, what's going on there because um, they're they're on pace to fulfill their goal of a hundred new Filipino churches in North America uh, by 2020 so uh, a lot of different things uh, the Korean Council has a, their 35th annual meeting this year 
Lifeway has a, a free pastor's breakfast. We'll talk about that later. And then you've got Nine Marks, the B21. I know you guys are involved again with Nine Marks this year mm-hmm. and the Nine Marks at Nine and one of those nights. And um, and then you've got the, we talked about the Send Relief trucks that are going to be there. Nam's going to have that. The uh, North Native American Baptist as well, Pastors Conference. I mean, WMU. Just tons of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. So um, a whole lot of stuff going on. Uh, the seminary luncheons and well, those are all, all the information's there. So there's a lot of stuff going on. There's an entire list of it. So uh, you can check that out. And we will cover a lot of these in a lot more detail in our uh, SBC preview issue uh, that will be coming to you uh, that first part of June. Yes. All right. Well, this week's podcast, as it is every week, is brought to you by Southeastern's new 81-hour MDiv program. We had prepare students to take the gospel to their neighbors and the nations. Wherever you're going, Southeastern will help you get there. For more information, you can visit sebts.edu slash mdiv. And that brings us to my favorite part of the week, Amy. This week in SBC history, blow our minds. All right. We're going to go back to 1948 when uh, they were preparing for the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting, which in that year was actually going to be in May, May 19th through 23rd. So they were definitely in kind of the countdown time at this point. Um, That meeting was going to be happening in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, which sounds great to me. I think it would be very interesting uh, to have a meeting in Memphis. I love Memphis. Uh, They anticipated 10,000 people at that meeting. Yes. And so they became concerned uh, because it looked like they were facing a a hotel room shortage. And um, so the big concern was uh, that it would cut attendance and uh, they they were worried about it. So they started working all these details and a couple of the kind of back thing they had, they actually had started, there were folks in hotel rooms, um, but then also they had like 3,000 rooms set up in private homes for it was messengers. It's like Airbnb. Yes. So they had um, about 1,000 hotel rooms that had been assigned. Uh, Duke McCall was the executive secretary at the time of the executive committee, uh, had reported they had about 1,020 hotel rooms and over 3,000 rooms in private homes. But then a new idea came, which I just loved. As yes, soon as I, saw I bet this you story. would. Yes, I did. So officials from some railroads that uh, enter Memphis came to, uh, they called it the entertainment committees. I think that's probably like our, the committees that sort of work with the different cities and offered that they would like allow use on the tracks at Union Station. So six Pullman cars, uh, train cars from Texas, four from Florida, one from Virginia uh, had been scheduled at the point of, of this story, but even more, that people planning to attend the convention who couldn't find hotel rooms, they just would charter the car. They'd get the, the train car for their whole trip, ride it to Memphis, and then they'd park it over to the side and they'd live in the train car for the week. I loved this. I thought this was fantastic. So the headline was Railroads Park Pullmans to Accommodate SBC Overflow. So you could not only ride the train to the SBC annual meeting, which I have done twice, but you could actually stay in uh, your train car while you were there. I can't imagine a better SBC annual meeting travel experience. I can. (laughs) That's staying in a hotel somewhere (laughs) with space. (laughs) Now, the one thing that got me is it 
it mentioned. So I, I was really there with it. I was excited about that whole idea and thought it sounded like a fun adventure until it said Memphis churches have made arrangements to provide bathing facilities for the Pullman guests. Yes. Then I realized, okay, maybe that's not as glamorous as it sounds. <laughs> so, but, you know, when you're looking back in 1948, just the idea, ride the train to the SBC and just stay in the stay on the train and then ride the train home. I, I There's something, I don't know, it sounds like a movie. Oh, wow. Yes. And I when I saw this headline, I was like, this is so Amy Whitfield. Yeah. You knew I, I had to do it because that's, that's what I do. I'm always, I'm always looking. And I looked again this year, but there's really no way from, from Raleigh to St. Louis. But I went from Memphis. Uh, my parents actually drove us to Memphis. We got on the train there and took the train to New Orleans in uh, 2012 and then um, in 2014 we took the train from here to Baltimore and uh, not anytime soon I mean we can't take the train to Phoenix next year but uh, one day one day maybe Orlando maybe that year I'll take uh, the train down to Florida does the, does the train go down that far mm-hmm, it does okay well you're going after the the SPC from St. Louis to Indianapolis. Does the train not go to Indianapolis? I know it goes to Chicago. We, we actually checked it. It goes to Chicago, and then you have to change over to a bus, and uh, you nope. have, there's a wait time, so we're just renting a car. But yeah. um, but we did we did check it, because anytime I'm going to travel somewhere, I always, always check Amtrak. All right, well. Ride the uh, rails. Yes, the, the most appropriate things for Amy Whitfield in This Week in SBC History. But the idea of trains and the SBC perhaps all started this week in SBC history, and uh, I just couldn't resist. So, 1948. All right. Well, Amy, that is uh, that is so you right there. All right. So, let's move on to our resources of the week. My resource of the week, and we mentioned it a few minutes ago, Lifeway Pastors Breakfast at the SBC. We're going to have a big breakfast on uh, that Wednesday. It's a free breakfast for anyone at the SBC. Be focusing really on leading change in a local church. Uh, Dr. Rayner will be speaking for a little bit on his new book. Everybody who comes will get a copy of Dr. Rayner's new book, Who Moved My Pulpit? It's, a, it's basically a, a primer on leading change in the local church. been working a lot on that. It's a fantastic book. Is that taken from the title, Who Moved My Cheese? It is exactly taken from who've moved my cheese uh, because we were talking about uh, uh, leading change and things like that. Yeah. And Dr. Rainer said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of basing it on, you know, who moved my cheese. And I'm like, well, how about who moved my pulpit? And he's like, I like it. So it stuck. And it actually nice. wound up being the title. So nice. I can, I can somewhat claim uh, the title of this book. Excellent. So uh, it's, uh, but the Lifeway Pastors, Pastors Breakfast is going to be a great free breakfast at SBC, a lot of free events this year are going to be happening. Um, and, and something that we've mentioned earlier, the Midwestern Lunch, and I know this is not my resource of the week, but uh, the Midwestern Lunch is going to be a free lunch on Tuesday now. I saw that. A couple of free events uh, for from Lifeway and, uh, and some partners happening at SBC this year. And so don't miss the free breakfast on a Wednesday morning of the convention from Lifeway. Nice. Um, all right. My resource of the week is, uh, you actually just mentioned, I'm going to Indianapolis right after the convention. Uh, the Gospel Coalition National Women's Conference uh, goes from June 16th through the 18th. That's Thursday through Saturday. Uh, so headed over into Indianapolis on Thursday morning. Um, 
that's going to be just a great, great event. Uh, 49 speakers, 39 workshops, 32 focus gatherings, uh, lots of uh, great opportunities just for learning, for fellowship. Um, there will be uh, some uh, speakers that, that many people know, um, John Piper, Tim Keller, uh, D.A. Carson, certainly, but then also um, a lot of a lot of women that we know in the Southern Baptist world, Trillian Newbell, uh, Mary Moeller, and uh, and others. The Gettys uh, will be... Yeah, you uh, should have just ridden with a bus. I know, I know. Just hop right on. I could have called Keith up. Yeah. We were texting last um, night about soccer. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to ride with Keith Whitfield. Uh, oh, so yeah. we're, we're going to drive over to Indianapolis uh, and then... Uh, but but it's gonna be gonna be a great time, and uh, I know for probably a lot of people, if you're going to the uh, SBC annual meeting, it may be difficult. But hop on over and join us, or if you can't be in St. Louis, uh, but uh, can come up to Indianapolis, it's gonna be a great time. I was there a couple of years ago when it was in Orlando, and uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. We'll also have a gathering on I think it's Friday night. Uh, for any attendees who are interested in seminaries uh, and furthering their education, uh, they're they're letting all of the seminaries who are there uh, to kind of have a, an event where those women who are interested can come in, in just one room and talk to all of us and, and kind of get more information as as they'd like. So going to be a great opportunity. And then uh, when I get home after that, I'm going to collapse. So. <laughs> For people that may not know what your duties have been in the past at the SPC, how will that change, you know, maybe this year with the parliamentarian thing? I mean, will that keep you off the show floor? Will that keep you, you know, kind of more locked in? Maybe maybe not uh, yeah. as quite as busy, but more focused, but not as busy. Well, for those two days, it, it'll be more focused. I think over the period of the entire time, because I, I get there over the weekend uh, for some, some prep uh, things that we do uh, – for, for Southeastern that all of the agencies have to do. Um, so I'll be doing a lot of that. Sunday, I think there will be some meetings uh, that I have to participate in, but then uh, Sunday night. I'm also helping uh, with our conference class for the SBC uh, from Southeastern. So if anyone's interested in getting uh, credit, tuition-free credit, actually, uh, we, we do have that opportunity as well. Yeah, and most of so the other seminaries do as well. Yeah, uh, the, a lot of the seminaries offer that that class, so it's a great opportunity. If you're going to be there and you want to get credit, um, just uh, d definitely do that, and you get some opportunities to meet with a few people. So those students will be arriving on Monday morning, so a lot of Monday will be some um, of the just duties that I have with our communications team and then uh, helping with the students who are there also. Then Tuesday and Wednesday will be more focused on uh, the, the business itself, the, the tasks um, for the assistant parliamentarians, which are all kind of new, but I think I will sort of hang in, in one general area for those. So I think overall the week will continue to be pretty busy, though, so... Well, we will continue to discuss the upcoming annual meeting and future episodes. we got about four or five before the annual meeting, so we'll um, arrange some more interviews. I'll get on the phone with uh, John Yates, and we'll, we'll get that taken care of and get him on here. Uh, it'd be good to talk to him and uh, hear his perspective on 20 years as the recording secretary. That's going to do it for us this week on SBC This Week. A lot of news going on. We'll get back to our interviews next week. We'll get Art Steve back on here uh, next week, and uh, we will see you next week. See you next week.